don't underestimate students. You know, there's a lot that can be done for those 18, 19, 21 year old students and their ideas they come up with. Hello, you're listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. I'm Ken Foster, professor in agricultural economics and your host. And with me is Colby Smock, one of our student co-hosts this academic year. And Colby is a senior studying ag business here at Purdue. Colby, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing great. How does it feel to be back on the Purdue campus after a long break for the summer? It feels pretty good. Definitely coming back with a little bit different mindset, though, as with this being my senior year and my final lap around the Purdue sun, as I like to say it. That sounds like senioritis. Let's, let's be careful. Yeah, yeah. It definitely comes a little faster than you would expect. All right. We're okay. hanging in there. All right. Okay. <laughs> How'd you spend your summer, just real quick for our listeners? I studied abroad in Greece at Perotis College. Oh, wow. Tough assignment. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? It was actually really great. I uh, studied sustainable agriculture over there for six weeks, and I had the opportunity to meet a lot of very interesting people that taught me a whole lot about agriculture. That's fantastic. I'm glad you got that experience. Those are unique experiences you get to discover that it doesn't really matter where you go around the world. Everybody cares about the same things. They want a better world for their kids. No, that's exactly right. As much as there's differences, there's also a whole lot of similarities. There you go. Let's focus on those. Hey, you want to introduce our topic for today? Yep. So today we'll be talking about the Soybean Innovation Competition at Purdue, and it's sponsored by the Indiana Soybean Alliance. And then I would like to invite you to also introduce our guests that can give us a little bit of a broader scope of what that all entails. Fantastic. Yeah, we have three guests with us today. We have Dr. Nate Mosier from the Ag and Biological Engineering Department here at Purdue. Nate is the Indiana Soybean Alliance Soy New Uses Professor, and he's also the head of the Ag and Biological Engineering Program. Nate, how are you doing today? Doing just great. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. And then we have Denise Scarborough. Denise is a farmer in the area around La Crosse, Indiana, Northwest Indiana. And she's also the Sustainability and Value Creation Committee Chair for Indiana Soybean Alliance. Denise, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for being with us. And, and our third guest is Ben Forsyth. And Ben used to work at Purdue, but he's now the Indiana Soybean Alliance Sustainability and Value Creation Innovation Director. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Fantastic. So we really appreciate you all being with us. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll just uh, kind of kick things off. Denise and Ben, maybe you can share with us and our listeners a little bit about what the Indiana Soybean Alliance is and what it does. Denise, it'd be good to come from the farmer. Why don't you lead off with that one? Okay, so I'm a director for the Indiana Soybean Alliance, and basically to be a director, you have to sell soybeans, and you can run for an election of the different districts we have in Indiana. I am actually starting my third term on the board, which it's, it's crazy how fast it's gone. Um, I've served on lots of boards and organizations over the years, and the Indiana Soybean Alliance Board of Directors is by far one of the best ones I've served on. It's a board of directors made up throughout Indiana, and basically what we're trying to do is use the soybean checkoff dollars to the best uses to be able to continue to move the pile of soybeans through either new uses, international markets, any way that we can basically get more commodities of soybeans sold and moved across the world. Ben? I think as an organization, like what Denise just said, we're really trying to, to focus on getting return back to the growers. And so, you know, we're talking today about our value creation effort, trying to find new utilizations for, for soybeans. But a lot of the work we do falls inside of other 
other pillars as well, or it's sustainability. You know, Kobe, you said you just studied sustainable agriculture in Greece. That's something we, we focus on quite a bit here in Indiana as well. So trying to make sure that practices are adopted and economics makes sense for the farmer and, and the community was aware of the good work that we're doing. Also market development, you know, that's the moving the pile as Denise alluded to a second ago, whether that's working through moving bushels or or our, our friends in pork or poultry or anyone else in the protein space, trying to make sure that markets not only locally, but internationally have a, a good source of corn and soybeans, and we can be that, that first selection. Fantastic. And and Nate, if I'm not mistaken, as the Indiana Soybean Alliance Soy New Uses Professor, you're highly involved in organizing and delivering on a program called the Student Soybean Innovation Competition here at Purdue. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about that, maybe some of the history and why we're doing it, what very it happy. is. Yeah, very happy to do so. So actually, good we're, we're having this conversation on the podcast this year because the 2023-24 academic year is the 30th year that this competition has run in partnership with Indiana Soybean Alliance here at Purdue University. So back in 1993 was the very first competition like this. And as Denise and, and Ben alluded to, uh, moving the piles and is an important uh, part of, of why the competition exists, finding new uses for soybeans, certainly new food and feed uses, but beyond that, other other uses as well. So one of the very first uh, winners from that competition were the uh, crayons that are made from soybean oil. They're still produced by praying today. You can go to Walmart or Target today and buy a, a box for your kids. That technology was developed by students here at Purdue University. Over the last 30 years, certainly the competition has grown and expanded a bit in in terms of, of scope and, and impacts and what the what the goals of the competition are. That first year of the competition, I think there was maybe a dozen or 15 students that participated in the competition. This year, we will, by now, we, we set a goal for ourselves by Labor Day, we get in front of at least 3,000 students or getting closer to four or 5,000 students in those first four, three or four weeks of the semester encouraging them to get involved. We're very deliberate. This, These are not just students that are involved with agriculture or majoring in one of the many majors in the College of Agriculture, but broadly as well. I mean, we have as, as defined metrics that we want representation from at least seven different colleges and at least 20 different majors across the university. And we do a pretty good job of capturing everybody from liberal arts, engineering, business, agriculture, pharmacy, Many different corners of the university, many students have, have never seen a soybean, much less a soybean plant before they joined the competition. So part of this is educational for these students to understand the value of agriculture and the value of agriculture can play not only in the U.S. economy, the global economy, but also for meeting sustainability metrics that many companies have and countries have around the world. And also to hopefully encourage many of them to, to think innovatively about how to approach developing new products, how to access new markets. And a lot of all the alumni from our program, there's several hundred now that in the 30 plus years have, have gone on to great careers, have taken it to many different industries and, and very often continue in this sort of innovative mindset. We have alumni from the past decade that work for venture capital firms in Silicon Valley that have been executives in Fortune 500 companies and gone back and been innovative in family farms and everything in between and in any industry you can think of. 
So our real goals here is to expand the minds of students and in how agriculture can touch their daily lives in unexpected ways and encourage them to be innovative and take what they're learning at Purdue out into the in the greater world for greater benefit for everybody. I think Dr. Mosher is being a little bit humble there, saying they do a pretty good job. I think they do an excellent job of reaching out and bringing in a, a really diverse group of students. You know, last year was the first year that I was involved from a, a, the organization's perspective. I was Dr. Foster alluded to a second ago, I was at Purdue before last year. So being on this side of the table, I think the organization's just... We feel blessed to have not only Dr. Mosier, but, but Mickey Creech there as well to help guide the students. I think last year there was 34, 36 students that made it to the to the final day of, of judging. And the ideas were excellent. I mean, just really excellent topics and, and, you know, not only topics, but, you know, execution. I think that seeing what the the students brought to the table in such a short time frame with, you know, it was really incredible, and we're we're happy to have that partnership in West Lafayette and be part of the organization, be part of the the program. This this activity that ISA sponsors is is actually one of my favorites since I've come on the board. It's something I definitely look forward to every year. And and what Dr. Mosier alluded to was the collaboration between colleges and students that make up teams. It cons- consistently blows my mind every year, and every year the level of of products that are produced. Like, I mean, I was a Purdue grad, but I was never at the level of any of these students. I mean, I would have never made the team for any of these (laughs) students in the competition. It just, and it's, they're so enthusiastic when you get to walk through before they have the finalists, the awards presentation, they are so passionate about what they have created. It's just the, the air and the atmosphere is just, it's engaging the whole time you're there. It's exciting to go to every year and see what these students have come up with because it's it's honestly mind blowing in my mind. Yeah, it's super awesome to hear about like how passionate just you guys are, and then all the students as well seem to be about this project. And that leads me to like ask the next question, which would be, how does this competition support both students and industry as well? Like, what is the the act in which those two work together to help each other out? I think from our perspective, you know, Dr. Mosier alluded to this earlier, but I think the idea that we are giving students the opportunity to to do some trial and error with soybean as a building block to an innovative, as an innovative product or an innovative feedstock to challenges they're going to face down the road when they're they're not doing research, but they're working for those companies, working for the the startup they have. I would love to see personally, you know, one of these ideas go out and, and be a, a market changing product that makes an impact at the at the global scale or, or what have you. So but the fact that we can provide that opportunity for students to come in, honestly do some trial and error. Last year we saw a couple of products that were different by the time we got to final judging than they were when we heard the ideas on the first first run. So, you know, try things, see what breaks, see what doesn't work. But that experience and that understanding of of how, you know, a crop that we're really proud of that we grow not only here in Indiana, but across the Midwest, it's a bountiful crop that's, you know, it's a cheap and and cheap's not the right word, but it's a bountiful and, and easily sourced feedstock for a lot of different uses to give 30, 40 students a year that the opportunity to try to do some trial and error is is definitely worth it in our our opinions and not to stretch the analogy too far but in my mind you are planting seeds of curiosity 
So while these students may not develop a product for the competition that gets commercialized, you just don't know what they're going to do later in life, right? You've you've set them down this pathway where they've got an interest in R&D. They've got some confidence in their abilities now that they didn't have before. And and these are the people that are going to make huge path path-breaking discoveries later in life. So, yeah. I think one thing that's interesting is there are industry partners that attend the competition and judge. And so these students are getting in front of professionals and industry partners that they may never have the opportunity to. So something I always tell tell students is it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that networking is starting out at the college level. And from then moving forward, you know, we've seen connections over the years of, you know, industry partners reaching out to students afterwards saying, you know, they want their, they like their ideas, you know, their passion, or just having a conversation and, you know, careers exploding off to that. I don't know if anyone was, I don't know if any jobs came of it, but I know a few students last year went through a hiring process through it for internships and things from connections. We had over 300 people that attended the award ceremony last year. Honestly, one of my goals is to to make that even a, a bigger number next year and really focus on these are these are students that there isn't a company in the world that wouldn't want to hire them. And so, how do we make sure that 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 opportunity is not missed from all angles of that? And so, you know, I know a few students got the opportunity to to talk to companies last year and, and explore that. I don't know if they came of, came of it, but I think creating those opportunities is very important and, and something we. We want, to be a, we want to be a part of, I think, ag as an industry, you know, having this many colleges represented, students that aren't necessarily in the, the college or aware of the college, to get that kind of talent brought into the industry as a whole is, is a win, not only for Indiana, but everything that we're working on is, as a as the ag industry. Nate, would you like to make any comments? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. You know, I may have neglected in my description of this, sort of give our listeners a sense of sort of the, the scope and, and truly accomplishments of every one of these teams that make it to the finish line. So you know, I mentioned we get in front of a, a large number of students, you know, 3,500, 4,500 students this first month of, of the semester. By Halloween, they need to have formed a team. By Thanksgiving, they need to have come up with a novel idea and actually looked through the patent literature and make sure this was not a product somebody has already developed before. By Christmas, they've already made some preliminary prototypes. They come back after the holidays, they pitch their preliminary ideas to myself, Mickey Creech, who was mentioned, our, our managing director, and some representatives from the Indiana Soybean Alliance. They've got about another six weeks to polish things up, develop a marketing plan, develop packaging for their product, and a pitch for their product, and then deliver their pitch in front of a team of judges, half of which come from industry. This is pretty amazing to conceive of an idea, execute, actually make a product, put into practice what they're learning in their classroom, and then pitch that idea in kind of a shark tank-like environment within six short months. Pretty incredible what the what the teams do and the, the amount of enthusiasm they have to bring and the pace they have to work at to, to accomplish that, I think really sets them up well going forward. And and Ben and Denise both alluded to this, that of course, a lot of visitors that come and, and industry representatives that come to our, our final awards banquet see a lot of passion and a lot of can do and have done from these students that really set them up for, for future success. We are very deliberate in Mickey and I and our how we've structured our program is Obviously, coming up with a new idea and executing it is not going to happen every single time. And so there's kind of a winnowing down. Not all 
two or 300 students that sign up are going to make it to the end point. But we try to have successful off ramps all the way through that process and encourage students to come back again the next year. Very often teams that make it to the finish line, this is their second or third, sometimes even fourth time at the bite at the apple to try to make it to the finish line. So we really try to make this a pipeline of, of students practicing what they're learning, learning how to collaborate and building skills that will take them really far in their careers. And Nate, if I'm not mistaken, these students get some help from Purdue faculty as well, right? Every single team is required to find two faculty mentors, one that focuses more on technical aspects of executing their idea, and one more on the business side of things, looking at what the business opportunities, how to craft a very preliminary market analysis and business plan to, to move forward in their commercialization. We also have some really great industry partners with Cargill, ADM, Bungay, Vex Seeds that provide the raw materials, not only raw soybeans, but the myriad of products that our large grain processors produce from soybeans. The idea is a, a student takes something to market that if somebody wants to pick those up and move forward, you could order three rail cars from ADM or Cargill next week and, and get that raw material delivered to start making product at scale. So that sort of carry through of you have an idea, but it's not so insurmountable to actually bring a product to market with the materials that you use. Cool. Yeah, one thing that really intrigues me about, sorry, about this competition is the diversity in students that you guys said that participate. So one thing that I'd be curious about is like speaking to students broadly at Purdue, because it sounds like it's not even just the College of Act students that you guys are looking for. What are two pieces of advice that you would give to students who are thinking about entering the competition? Come to the call outs. Mickey is absolutely fabulous at matchmaking and finding teammates that may work well together, not only because of the diversity of backgrounds, but the personalities fit well together. And if you are a freshman, you're just been on campus for four weeks, you're worried about reaching out to faculty members that you haven't even met yet to, to be a, one of your mentors, don't worry. We've got several dozens of faculty that have done this many times in the past and find great professional fulfillment and working with students will help you make those matches as well. And, and most importantly, get the, the right expertise matched up with your ideas as you move forward. So there's a lot of help in the background to make sure that, that team, teams find success. And we have successful freshmen do well, take it all the way to the end of the competition, have a product at the end, and have even placed in the past. So it's completely possible as a, as a, as a fresh wet behind the year, first year student at Purdue to do well in the competition, or you can come back and, and try again the next year. I think the, the winners two years ago were had a couple of freshmen on the team. Is that right? I think that's true. Yeah. I want to comment on like the advisor piece too, as a value back to, to our organization. I had a faculty member reach out to me last week and knew about us because of this competition and the technology he's working on is pretty interesting and, and could be interesting from a market perspective. And the fact that he picked up the phone and, and called ISA was strictly because of this competition and his involvement as a mentor at one point in time, not recently, but you know, years past. And, you know, that from, from a, from an organizational perspective, but also the idea that, you know, that faculty member knew to reach out to us and we have an opportunity to work together moving forward. That's, that's a pretty valuable relationship that we, we couldn't have had out elsewhere or without this as well. So appreciate that. So when and where is the call out? Like, how can students get involved? Go ahead. You can go ahead and plug that in here. Hopefully, uh, Certainly. Right now, we're still finalizing the, the date and time. 
as I as I tell I have to tell all of our first year students, don't be scared to check the email early and often. You'll get lots of information from Purdue and you'll get good at filtering relevant information, but look look for that there. We make a point of of having in person and, and virtual information sessions early on. So your class, if you're a first year student and you're one in one of the many of the, the big classes most first year students take, you'll likely see or hear about it there, look for flyers that talk about the Soybean Innovation Competition. We'll have a call out that'll happen towards the end of this month as we get more and more names together. And uh, I think if you just Google Purdue Soybean Innovation Competition, it'll, it'll take you directly to our webpage that will give you even more information, kind of lay out all the details of what's required and certainly give you, you my contact information and Mickey's contact information where and she can make sure you get on the list to get all the updates, know the when and where of, of how to get involved. We'll put that link on our podcast site so that it's easy for listeners to get access to and encourage students to at least check it out. You never know what might be behind that door that you peek behind that changes your life or gives you some new opportunities. So before we move on with the podcast here, I want to be clear to our student listeners that there are some benefits to winning this competition. I wonder if you all can explain what the prizes are. There are monetary prizes involved with this competition, which is definitely an incentive for any student, even adult. They, the, the grand prize winner or the champion gets $20,000. The first runner-up gets $10,000, and then the second runner-up gets $5,000. So definitely an incentive to be part of this program. And keep your team small, right? Yes, that too. <laughs> Outside of that too, I, I do like we also give gifts to for participation, and it's not like a thank you card. Last year, we gave everyone that got to the the finals a Google Home speaker, a Yeti tumbler, and a tile a set of tile trackers, tracking devices as well. So yes, there's some grand prizes at the win there at the end that are definitely worth going for. But we do appreciate everyone's involvement and ideas and and you know, want to make sure that we say thank you. We also do a People's Choice Award. Um, So you can vote as you go around and meet the teams. And then at the end, you can vote for what was your favorite. And sometimes it's one of the teams, top three teams, and sometimes it's not. So that's kind of the fun part about going around and and meeting the teams and learning about their products. And the People's Choice Award also gets 500 bucks. So not not just a thank you there either. And even along the way, if you have a have a team formed and you meet that milestone, we have smaller gifts all along the way, along the milestones that take you to the end point. So t-shirts, phone chargers, you know, smaller, smaller gifts along the way, as long as you meet each of the milestones. And if your team falls off because of whatever reason, schoolwork comes first or the idea just doesn't gel or whatever, you still have some some small prizes along the way. So not just the experience, but some mementos and useful mementos at that. Well, thank you all very much for joining us today. I would invite everybody here, if they could just give a quick closing comments, if you have any quick closing comments to close up the podcast. But other than that, thank you very much for joining us today. I just want to say I really appreciate the the long-standing partnership between Purdue University and the Soybean Alliance. It, it was really visionary, I think, to invest in a fairly outlandish idea, allow a bunch of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds turn them loose in the lab and try to come up with something that might be interesting and maybe even marketable in the end. And uh, it's been a, 
a great ride along the way. And I think great benefits, both tangible and intangible, have, have come from this over the years. My thoughts would be, you know, Madeline Lilly, our project manager in sustainability and value creation, reminded me many a times during last year's competition that don't underestimate students. You know, there's a lot that can be done from those 18, 19, 21-year-old students and their ideas they come up with. And, and I was really impressed throughout the process last year with the approach, ideas, execution, and what have you. And, uh, you know, really appreciate the fact that this partnership exists and it's something I can be a part of inside of both from ISA and, and Purdue's perspective. I also just want to point out that, you know, this is an area that we really focus on, you know, quite broadly, you know, value creation, finding new ways to utilize corn and soybeans. Soybeans in this instance, is something we're really trying to, to do the best we can. And this is a, a really crucial part of it. I think the long tail here is pretty impactful, but there's a lot of ac other activities and, and projects that we're working on that we think, you know, drive value back to the growers across the state in a meaningful way. And so we appreciate the partnership, you know, not only with this, other projects we do, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the time and investment that goes in from, from Purdue's perspective to make this a success. Well, Ben kind of stole my thunder of what I was going to say, but from a farmer perspective, it's great to see our checkoff dollars put back into an event that we can see success out of. I mean, we always want to move the pile, but the new uses part of it is, is just phenomenal to look at and see what students can come up with every year. It's, it's fun to see those checkoff dollars put to work. It's fun to see, be able to talk to my farmers, farmer neighbors, farmer friends around the state. And what's really neat is I have seen personal friends have their children or their students be part of the competition. So it's kind of fun to see things come full circle as you're looking at this from the outside window. But I want to thank you guys for having me on today. It's been a pleasure. If anyone is out there and you have not attended the New Uses competition in the, in the past, please come check out these phenomenal students and see what they can do and just enjoy a great fun of a fun evening of activities and, and learning about what the future of agriculture has. Nate, Denise, and Ben, thanks so much for joining us and sharing with us about this very important student and industry activity. You've been listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. You can visit our department and find out more at www.agecon.purdue.edu, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us on X. <laughs> thanks for listening.